I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. And we're back, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. I'm your host, Jay Pitts, broker owner at Remax Premier Properties, leader of JT Pitts and Associates. Uh, quick pay the bills kind of moment. Don't forget to follow us on all the socials, anywhere you can find us, anywhere you podcast from. We are there, specifically Spotify and Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Five star reviews are appreciated. They will be accepted as compensation for providing this show here weekly. And without further ado, let's get on to today's topic. It is Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. And it's high time that I spend a moment talking about one of the most basic, one of the most basic yet most impactful segments of the residential real estate industry. Uh, don't know how we've done the hundreds of episodes that we've done before without discussing this one specific topic, but uh, I digress. You know, sometimes I'm slow on the uptake, not the sharpest uh, tool in the shed, but, you know, I do eventually come around what I lack in um, awareness. Sometimes I make up for with consistency. So, you know, we'll just do it. We'll do it today. So what I'm going to talk to you about today is the perfect first showing. The perfect first showing. And and again, you can use these tactics. It doesn't matter if it's a first showing, a second showing, a 10th showing. It doesn't matter if it's your first client that you've ever met with, or if it is, you know, your 1000th transaction. These are top, these are tips, these are hacks, these are, you know, tactics that you can put to use in your daily practice of residential real estate that will drive you forward. You don't, and and once again, I say often, this is not a, um, this is not a difficult business, excuse me, this is not a complex business. I always butcher that. This is not a complex concept. These are not complex concepts. They're very simple. They're just hard to do consistently. Remembering the minutia is challenging to do time after time after time after time with, you know, a lot of like flexibility in terms of time of day, day of week, morning, afternoon, showing a farm or a house in the suburbs or a, you know, a neighborhood or an urban property or a condo high rise. You can apply these to nearly every situation. It's just having the presence of mind to do this the same way every time. I mean, maybe that's what it is. I talked about consistency uh, making up for, you know, me being a little slower on the uptake a minute ago. Maybe that's why this works for me. Or maybe, just maybe, 
I learned a lesson about this business very early on or even prior to being in business for myself, observing some of the most credible professionals in the industry as you know, a youngster growing up around the business with it on my periphery at all times. I don't know really where this came from, but um, I tend to do things repetitively. And so when I find something that works, that's the way. We don't do this any other way. This is the way that we do it. I do get feedback and I do learn from mistakes that I make, but very rarely is, you know, something so simple that requires repetition done wrong. So anyway, without, without further ado, let's get into it. So I'm going to break today's episode up into three parts. I tend to like threes on this podcast, but three parts. First, I'm going to talk to you about the context of a showing and the things that you need to consider, the assumptions you need to make, and the understanding that you need to have on the forefront of your mind when you go into a showing appointment. First and foremost, who are you showing? Is this a referral lead? Is this a friend that is close to you? Is this an acquaintance? Is this, you know, somebody that walked in an open house and you made, you know, chit chat with and they decided to reach out to you? Is this a Zillow lead or some other direct response marketing lead that, you know, came onto a website and requested info about a property? All that is very important to understand because you are who you are regardless of where this lead came from and your identity and the energy and all that that you're going to bring to the interaction is the same regardless of who, but the context and the assumptions that you can make are different depending on where the lead came from. Most notably, the lack of the know, like, and trust factor that exists in certain types of leads, certain types of opportunities. I'm even hesitant to call a referral a lead, but that's just what it is. Anything is a lead until you earn the right to represent that client. It's also should be understand understood where you are. You are at a property showing them a home. Notice I said the first showing appointment. I didn't say the first buyer consult or the first listing appointment. I said the first showing appointment. I say that and it's the subject of this episode because the majority, the vast majority of first in-person interactions in our industry occur at a property that the buyer will not likely purchase. Only a very small percentage of the time, maybe higher now in this market than in most markets, but the vast majority, regardless of market, will not purchase that first property that you show them. This is an important understanding to have and an important assumption to make. Because if you spend a good amount of your time trying to sell them a property that they're ultimately not going to purchase, you have the opportunity to sacrifice a ton of emotional capital. Remember, they don't hardly know you. They haven't decided yet whether they like you and they couldn't possibly trust you because they just met you. 
the most disarming of personalities in the world cannot earn trust that fast. So once again, who are you meeting with? What level of rapport do you have built? What social proof is baked into the cake already? We'll talk about social proof more here in a minute. You know, understand that you have a lack of no like, and trust, which is something that every individual considers when deciding who to work with and understand that you're at a home that they're most likely not going to purchase. They have a limited emotional attachment to that property so much as they, they couldn't even taste it, smell it, touch it before that moment. They could only see it and see it through the lens of a smartphone app where they looked at the pictures last night as they sat on the couch, you know, about to watch some Netflix. So the limited amount of emotional attachment should be understood by you. Okay. Why? Are you there? Finally, to round out context, why are you there? You are there because some sort of motivation exists. Some sort of motivation. Now, usually, usually motivation exists because of a life change. Major life events create motivation. Most notably, marriages, new additions to the family, unfortunately, divorces or deaths in a family create life changes, retirements, new jobs, relocations, major life changes create excitement and also anxiety, stress, frustration, but the potential for intense and sincere happiness. When curated effectively, that's the outcome. When handled poorly, the opposite. The opposite of excitement is anxiety, right? The opposite of optimism is fear. So it can go either way, and it's important for you to have context for this level of motivation. How intense is it? How much pressure is being applied? How much is it it beyond their control? I know you can't answer my question, but if you did, I would ask for a show of hands. If you thought that there was a sincere difference between motivation that is intrinsic or decided by the individual and motivation that is extrinsic, which is or external. When a job relocates you from one city to the next and it wasn't your choice and you're not really excited about it, is that a different level of motivation than someone who just got a promotion, who decided their income will allow them to purchase a larger home that is a better place for their family to reside? You betcha every hand would go up if I could ask you that question in person right now. So having context for why the motivation exists is incredibly important. And you need to walk into that appointment trying to assess the situation if you don't already have that info. I would highly recommend a really, really solid pre-showing conversation where you flush out a lot of these details before you ever land on site at the property. But we understand the advent of, you know, internet leads and search portals and 
you know, the opportunities that exist because of realtor.com and Zillow and Homelight and all these other lead, lead avenues, we understand that the consumer just wants to see the house and you are foolish if you, if you prioritize anything over a face-to-face meeting and anything that jeopardizes the opportunity for a face-to-face meeting is also foolish. So intense pre-qualification is no longer the right plan of attack. Once again, the who, is it a referral or a lead? Understanding the lack of no like, and trust, that's the what. The where is at a house. You're meeting them face-to-face at a house that they won't likely buy, that they don't have any emotional attachment to, and why is because they have a motivation to upgrade purchase or buy a first home, whether it be intrinsic or extrinsic motivation, it is still motivation, and that is there for you to find out. All right, let's move on from context. Once we understand all those things, we need to understand our objectives for that first showing appointment. Our objectives, first and foremost, and probably overarching, right? Well, you want to earn the client. That, that's why you're there. That's why we get out of bed in the morning. Okay, we love what we do. We enjoy all the fringe benefits. We enjoy the day to day and the fun we get to have and the money we get to make. But the truth is, is we support our families through the sale of residential real estate. And if that client doesn't pick you, then there's no point in you being there. How do you do that? First and foremost, it's by gaining rapport. Earning rapport. Rapport is being in sync. That's what that word means. Understanding them, them understanding you, having a pleasant interaction. Once again, we go back to the know, like, and trust. They should walk away from an appointment knowing more about you and you knowing more about them. They should walk away with as strong of a like feeling about you and you them as as is possible. Now, it's not required or a requisite for you to be best friends with your clients. But if they think fondly of you, then your level of success will be increased substantially. If you think fondly of them, they're more likely to reciprocate. So try your best if you're not the type of person that likes people. Well, if you're not that person, you might consider another career. But try your best to like someone as much as possible because the need of human beings to reciprocate a notion such as liking someone is very, very strong. So first and foremost, you're there to gain rapport. Know them, know them better, have them know you better than when you started. Like them as much as possible and be liked as much as you can and start the relationship on the path toward trust. You probably won't reach that place in the first showing opportunity, the first face-to-face meeting, but you can get the ball rolling downhill. Second, you would love to achieve a social proof of success. We might shorten this and say just proof of success or social proof. What you're asking is for them to engage with your content, your brand, your marketing, anything that you put out as a service provider to 
the public that shows that you're a credible individual. You might cite your reviews from Zillow, your reviews from you know, Google, your reviews from Facebook. You might discuss homes that you've sold in the vicinity. You might discuss a client that you would help through a specific situation that lives around the corner or a recent closing. You might discuss a lot of things that essentially gives the client or the opportunity, the lead, the the prospect, whatever you want to call them, the person you're trying to win business from, the person you're trying to sell yourself to, anything that gives them the opportunity to see you in the role of helping another individual with the very thing that they need. Social proof of success is incredibly important. It's a way to brag on yourself without saying I'm the best real estate agent in town. It's to say what I usually do for my clients, what we usually do in this situation, what I've seen to be proven as successful in this circumstance in in the past is. These are statements. Statements that don't say I'm the best realtor, you should work with me, but says I've helped people do what you're trying to do. Rest easy. I've got you covered. All right. Again, we talk about earning trust. You're probably not going to get it in that first in that first meeting, but you can get the ball rolling downhill. We can set the tone for the relationship. We can set the tone for the process. We can show them little tidbits, little bitty glimpses into what working with you exclusively looks like. Are you the kind of person that's conscientious? Do you have a good memory? Do you have it together? Are you on time? Are you prompt and punctual? Are you someone that avoids problems? Are you one that confronts them head on? Are you transparent? Who are you as a person? Set the tone and that will help you earn the trust. Now, conversely, if you're none of those things, then you're going to set the tone toward distrust. Now, there may be another assessment from your standpoint as to where you want to go um, and how you build trust. And you know what? I'm not the end-all, be-all, but you know, 5,000 transactions worth of experience says that those things lead to trust in your new relationship with a potential prospect, consumer, et cetera. All right, last but not least... Your objective should be to program the next action by the consumer and make them aware of the next action that you're going to take. So educate them on what you're going to do and then ask them to come along with you. Assign them a piece of homework, a requirement, Something that moves the ball forward. This is not only an assessment as to how intense that level of motivation is, but also a trial close. You're floating the balloon out there, the trial balloon, to see if they're willing to grab it out of the sky and hold on to it. How how successful have I been at earning your trust and 
you know, setting the tone for our relationship. I'm going to ask you to do a few things for me. Here's when I need you to do them by. And Lynn, stand back and watch as they execute or they don't. Now, if you feel pretty good about the relationship at that point and you assign them, you know, getting pre-qualified by your favorite loan officer over at Motto Mortgage, Andrew Dow. Um, But if you assign them, to speak with a mortgage lender and get pre-qualified and they don't do it, what would you say the level of rapport you built was? Maybe not as strong as you had hoped, but if they call that person standing right there in your presence or the, the second they get in the car to take off and set an appointment and you get a text from them or you get a text from the, the loan officer, then great. If you set the expectation that you're going to meet tomorrow at noon to see the property around the corner that you just told them about, I'd say that that is proof that you've set the tone for the relationship You've earned more trust than absolutely necessary, but certainly is into your benefit. You've programmed the next action effectively. Also, to understand where the client is, they're somewhat excited or anxious, right? They're somewhat fearful potentially, but hopefully optimistic and understanding next steps, not being fearful and waiting in the dark, especially in today's active and hectic marketplace where they have a lot of data inputs from less than professional sources, less than boots on the ground sources. Does the media know what's going on in Louisville's real estate market right now? Absolutely not. Not more than you. So helping the client understand what's coming next is like standing in the box, looking down at the third base coach and him signaling to you that he's got the other team's signs and the next pitch is going to be a fastball. Well, you just took all the fear away because I don't, now I know I don't have to look for an off speed pitch. Longtime listeners will know I'm a baseball fan, former baseball player. So I tend to use those you know, examples in my podcasting, but that's neither here nor there. Objectives, once again, gain rapport, achieve social proof of success, earn trust, set the tone and program the next action. That's going to get rid of the needless anxiety and fear and move you more towards optimism and excitement in the mind of the consumer. And once again, people are going to choose to use you based on how you make them feel whether it's your fault or not, they're going to assign those emotions to their, to their real estate Sherpa that is ushering them through the process. You are the key to whether they feel anxious or optimistic, fearful or excited. That's on you. Own it. All right. Now, how number three, how are we going to do all this? How are we going to achieve these objectives once we understand the context of the meeting? Well, that is quite a tall task. But once again, we're going to do this through having a method, following it with consistency. And I'll start with the very first thing you should do. When you step foot in that very first house you're showing them, 
Okay. I, I mean, I don't think I need to tell you to look them in the eyes when you shake the hand, shake the hand outside to have an excited tone, to be prompt and on time. I don't think I have to tell you that stuff, right? Being late to the first showing appointment you ever have with a prospect is probably not going to get you off on the right foot. Having a Debbie Downer attitude and a limp handshake and avoiding eye contact and being, you know, you know, looking like you'd rather be anywhere else is not inspiring. You know, I say often that in order to be inspirational, you must first be inspired. Well, if you're excited to do what you are doing, they're probably going to be excited to come along for the ride with you. I digress. Let's get off the obvious. When you walk in the house, and and let me say this, I highly recommend you open the damn lockbox and have the key in your hand before the client is standing behind you on the stairs to walk into the home. There's nothing more anxiety-inducing for a real estate agent than have a client standing behind you and you not be able to open the damn door. Please do that. Do yourself a favor. All right. Once you get them in the house, here's the first thing you do. You step to the side. You walk in first. Open the door wide. Step to the corner of the room. Create distance between yourself and them. And allow them to experience the room without you. Okay? And immediately, you are scanning the room. You are relatively silent smiling, good body language, but you're immediate, immediately looking for a flaw. Now, you don't take off and run and pounce on this thing, but you let them see you see it. Let's say in the ceiling, there's a, there's a stain from a prior roof leak. Well, I'm just going to stand there and I'm going to look at that roof or that ceiling. I'm going to kind of Take it all in. I'm going to look around the room as if I'm trying to find another one. And I'm going to let them see me see that flaw. Most times they're going to point it out. And if they don't, I would probably just point and kind of nod my head and try to grab eye contact with them after that. And why is this important that you point out a flaw very early in that showing appointment? Probably the first thing you do. Well, the reason is you want them to have the feeling that you're not there to sell them something. Because let's be fair, that's the notion that a lot of people have with real estate agents is that we're money hungry. We rank just about a half a step above an ambulance chasing personal injury attorney. Okay. Or, you know, a door to door, you know, cutlery salesman where we will say nearly anything to make a commission. Real estate agents, unfortunately, breathe commission breath all over their clients. And you need to send a very clear signal as early as possible in the relationship that that is not you. That you are there to be their home inspector before the dad shows up in the white New Balance and the cell phone clip to the belt, before the home inspector shows up that you know puts on the Tyvek suit and crawls through the crawl space. That is you. You're protecting them from a bad investment because that's ultimately their greatest fear. They're so excited to buy a home, but the last thing they want to do is buy a bad one. 
And when you send a signal very early in the relationship and then follow it up often with consistent activity that reinforces these ideas, their sales resistance is going to drop. Their guard is going to lower. You're going to notice. Now, I hope you're smart enough to use we language and point at self gesturing. Okay. Collective gesturing. You know, because we understand that body language, tone, gestures are just as important as the words we choose, if not more. I hope you're smart enough to have already been doing that. But then what I think you'll notice is when trust is truly built, they will start to reciprocate the we language. That's when you know they've selected you as their agent. But you have to have a high level of trust and the sales resistance has to fall before trust can truly be had. Here's another piece of advice. You're looking on the how. You're looking to get common ground. Talk about, and I I sincerely hope if you're a real estate agent that you are in fact a homeowner and that you've actually been through the process as a buyer that you're asking your clients to go through. And if you haven't, you should be as soon as possible. And I also recommend that you invest so that you can relate to an investor. But relate your first home purchase to their process. Relate your first move up sale and buy to their process. Common ground, emotional intelligence and understanding will get you everywhere with a prospective client. In order to do that, you have to be an active listener. You have to ask great questions. You know, the difference between a great question and an intrusive question is the level of trust that an individual has with you. I mean, you can ask someone their politics, their religion, how much money they have in their bank account if they trust you implicitly. I give friends financial advice all the time. Would I do it to a stranger? Absolutely not. But where the relationship stands is what determines what you're able to address and how much value you can impart. Be an active listener and you'll learn hot buttons. You'll learn fears, insecurities, anxieties, and you'll learn also how to address them. Mirror and match is a good way to ensure that a client both consciously and subconsciously feels a connection to you and trust. Spacing and body language are incredibly important. All those things coupled with we language, a a confident tone, and achieving social proof of success will bring you to a place where a client can truly trust you. And if that doesn't work, the last piece of advice I have for you is be prepared. Certain individuals and certain personality types prefer preparedness. They 
highly value preparedness, knowing comp. It's not that difficult to look up the sales in a neighborhood before you go on a showing. It's not that difficult to have them, you know, flagged in a search that you've got saved on your MLS app and be ready to fire off a text message with a link to those comps for a client to consider because you know that they're not likely to buy that house, but they don't know that you know that already. And you should come prepared to support them and do a fiduciary duty of due care and skill being a prepared real estate agent for that moment. They don't know that you know that. They don't know that they don't know that. They think there's a decent chance they might buy that house. And every once in a while, they will. And you need to be prepared for that moment as well. But being prepared with a, you know, a list of comps, having specific market knowledge as to average price per square foot or how many sales or average days on market for that zip code or what's sold on the street and around the corner and what the listing that's just got reduced around the corner or there's an open house this weekend or there was multiple offers and that one sold for this. Knowing that information is going to show yourself as a resource that they need on their team. Having the seller's disclosure ready to fire off, you know, to their phone, to their smartphone at a moment's notice, understanding and knowing the age of the furnace, what does the roof look like, etc. That's all going to give you more legitimacy in the eyes of the prospect. And finally, I would tell you that this entire thing requires the success in this entire situation requires the implied understanding that a showing is nothing more than an audition. A first showing, that is, is nothing more than an audition. I repeat, a first showing with a new prospect is nothing more than an audition to represent them in the purchase that they may ultimately make. There is an inherent performative nature to the showing and how it's conducted. You need to go in understanding that you are auditioning, you are playing a role. The role is their realtor. And you're most likely going to assume that you've earned that role before you've been bestowed the privilege this is a performance and you better bring your A game. Otherwise, the next call they make, the next appointment they set with the next agent they meet will get to be their agent because statistics tell us that a client works with the first agent that they meet in person and have a meaningful interaction with. And if you don't treat this like a performance, like an audition, your interaction won't be as meaningful and it won't secure the business for you. So in review, have the context, know who you're meeting with, 
what you're meeting about, where you're meeting them, and why. Once again, is it a referral? Is it a lead? Do you know, like, and trust each other? Probably not in the beginning. You're meeting them at a house that they're not likely to buy, that they have a limited emotional attachment to. They have very little, very little attachment to a property they've only seen photos on the internet from. There is a motivation that exists and probably rooted in a life change that you just don't know about yet because you haven't gotten far enough down the rabbit hole, but you need to leave that first appointment with that information. Your objectives, again, are to gain rapport, achieve a social proof of success, earn their trust, set the tone, and program the next action. How you're going to do that is you're going to point out flaws and be the inspector before they hire the inspector, before the dad inspector shows up. That's going to be you. And I should... It should be mentioned that dad's going to be skeptical and so's the home inspector, but the client who experienced you looking out for their best interest before you had even earned their representation is going to draw down their level of anxiety and make the inspection that much easier to get through ultimately. You're going to lower their guard. You're going to lower their sales resistance. You're going to get on common ground. You're going to be an active listener who uses we language, the appropriate tone, You're going to mirror and match their facial and body expressions. You're going to use appropriate spacing within the property, allowing them to have their space and create distance between you and them. You're going to be prepared with comps, with the seller's disclosure, with market knowledge and understanding that this is performative. You are auditioning. You're not selling the home, at least. You're selling yourself. You're selling yourself by assuming the role as their agent. And that's how you win. Because the first agent that has a meaningful face-to-face interaction with the client, that's who wins the business. It's tried and true. It was true 40 years ago. It's true today. It'll be true 40 years from now. Make the most of that first face-to-face interaction and you'll win at this game of residential real estate. All right, that's all I got for you this week, folks. Quick housekeeping. Find us on the socials, facebook.com slash the resource podcast. On Twitter, at JTPA Louisville, at JTPA Louisville. Primarily, we would love your followership on Instagram. That's reels, that's feed posts, that's uh, IGTV, longer form video, that's stories, at J Pitts Realtor. We're over 7,100 followers. We're trending towards 10,000. That's a goal of ours between now and the end of the year. You can also find similar content over on TikTok at J underscore Pitts. Would love you to follow us there as well. Trending towards 1,000, hoping to get there before the end of the year. We're live today on YouTube, youtube.com slash J Pitts Realtor. It's the home for everything video, JT Pitts and Associates and Remax Premier Properties. Don't forget about our sister content JTPU and JTPU quick hits. We're pushing those out at a fast pace. Patrick has been, you know, had the keyboard smoking and the mouse smoking with the editing, um, putting out one a day. Um, I think four days a week, right? One, one a day, four days a week. Um, we're trying our best to stay out in front and get more in the can so that we can deliver you this content on a consistent basis. Once again, streaming, 
uh, podcast wherever you podcast, but specifically appreciate five-star reviews, follows, and listens on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Those are our two preferred platforms. We would appreciate it. As I said earlier, five-star reviews are your payment for the weekly content that we deliver here. Um, if you don't like me, then just don't review me because I'd rather not have a four-star review. But you can call and yell at me. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, Hopefully that doesn't happen. But once again, the perfect first showing is in the can. Finally, it only took 200 episodes. I hope you enjoyed today's content. I really appreciate all the feedback we've been getting on our recent stuff. Um, we work really hard here to put out content that you as a real estate agent likes. Once again, I am your host, Jay Pitts, broker owner at REMAX Premier Properties, leader of JT Pitts & Associates. This is Resource Real Talk about Louisville, Louisville Real Estate. We'll see you soon.